online this morning. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Many of you are, have been serving in our kids' ministry, and we're super grateful for that. So want to, um, I was trying to figure out what was going to title this morning. We're titling it Stumble Proof. I was going to title it, Let's Get Ready to Stumble, but I think that's a drinking reference. So uh, we're going to go with Stumble Proof this morning instead. Uh, as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of when I was a child. Uh, I was probably about five or six years old, and we were living in, a, in Smithville. And I was going to go downstairs. In the basement to our downstairs, the, the downstairs was that scary place. It was unfinished. The spiders made their home down there. Uh, and we were always kind of cautious going down there. But as a child, I remember one day about to head down the stairs. And as I flipped on the light, I, I took a step, but my foot didn't go. And so the rest of me went, I tumbled all the way down into the spider's paradise. I thought for sure they're going to eat me and whatever, but, but uh, I survived. But as I came up, I'm like, who tripped me? Had to be one of my little siblings. You know, I had four of them. It had to be one of them. And I got to the top. I'm looking. There's no one around. And I, and I look and I see my sock is, is torn and there's this tiny little nail sticking up, maybe like, you know, a quarter of an inch. And I'd happened to catch my sock on that. And there went, you know, more pain than that little nail should have uh, caused. And I, this morning, I want to talk about something like that that happens in, in all of our lives or the potential to happen in all of our lives. Something really, really small that causes an, a, a great uh, more deal of pain than it should or that, than it's intended. Uh, and that small little thing I want to talk about today that can happen so easily to any of us at any time is this thing called offense. Not a fence, but offense. And some of you are like, oh man, like if I leave now, will they think I'm offended? Yes, we will, so stay. But offense, what is offense? Offense in the dictionary is defined as this. It's annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult or disregard for oneself, one's standard, or one's principles. As I was thinking about that and I read through, I, I was like, it, it is personal. I love how, you know, someone chuckled there because that's, um, it hits home. It's, it actually should probably be described as this, my annoyance or my resentment brought about by a perceived insult to me or disregard for myself, for my standards or for my principles. Somebody stepped on my toes and, and I've got a problem with it. And we live in a culture that's very easily offended. You got to be so careful about what you say. I saw this and I thought, man, this sometimes fits some of the situations I'm in. This slide this slide, it's not working. Well, now I'm offended. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm offended that you're offended by me taking offense at your offensive offensiveness. It's sometimes all that I think I can say in some of the situations I find myself, some of the conversations. One of the, thank you, thank you. We have an amazing media team to figure that out. That's, it was busted and now it is fixed. Thank you. One of the main reasons why people have left church and unfortunately, with many uh, times the reasons why people have left faith in God is, is, is about this thing called offense. They got offended by someone or something. And Jesus kind of promised, well, he did promise his disciples in Luke 17, there'd be all kinds of opportunities to be offended. So it's not new. If you find yourself like, you know, people are offend you or you're offensive to other people, it's going to happen a lot. The Bible actually translates that word and, and means it's like a stumbling block. Like if you're running a race and you throw something in the way uh, that you stumble over or trip over. And as, uh, maybe, maybe you've uh, had or been a part of places where offense has taken place and you've experienced it. Have you ever been through a church split? No show of hands needed for this. But it's not fun. It's definitely not fun. Have you ever been to that, you know, last week at Thanksgiving, you're like, you've, there's that family member where your status is, we just don't talk to each other because we just can't. You know, it doesn't matter what comes out of their mouth. It's just, it gets taken wrong. 
Or maybe it's a guy at work, you got a safety bubble, stay 15 feet away from him, or, you know, he might be offended, or you might. It would just be great if there were signs, signs like this that showed us, you know, you're about to offend somebody, you're about to be offended, or if people wore a t-shirt that just said, I'm offensive, you know, that way at least, you know, you, you were warned when they were heading your way. Because those little things, those, it's like a little jab, it's a little word, it's a little thing that happens that all of a sudden becomes so, so much bigger. And we're going to take a look at the word today. And so before we do that, just one little, one little um, thing I want to challenge you is just simply today, as we look at this, I'm going to do this for myself as well, is let the word speak to you. Don't let it speak to your wife, to your husband, to your child. As you're thinking about it in, their, in your mind, man, my boss, I'm going to get him to listen to this online after. Just, just let it just let it talk to you, and hopefully, it, it, you know, it, he'll have the opportunity to talk to each, each and every person because it can happen to any of us at any time so easily. And so here's a few thoughts. If you want to, jot some down. You can type it on your phone. Some of you think I'm opposed to you having your phone. Like, have your phone out. Take some notes uh, or follow along with Scripture. Here's a few thoughts. Being offended can hinder God's work in your life. So if you're a Jesus follower here, here's one reason uh, that offense is going to be harmful for you. It offends God's working in your life. We spent a, a number of weeks just talking about going deep deeper with God. This one can get in the way. And, and here's, here's where it happens. Um, Mark chapter 6, um, they wrote about how Jesus, he had left a certain part of the country, returned back to his hometown. Uh, the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. He's in his hometown like, wow, l- listen to this guy talk. He's incredible. And then they asked, where did he get all that wisdom from? Where did he get power to perform such miracles? We know this guy, they said in verse 3. He's just a carpenter. He's the son of Mary. He's the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters, who apparently don't have names, live right here among us. Like, who, who is this guy, they said. You know, it says, it's like they ask, you know, who does he think he is? Do you think he's God's gift to the planet? And he did think he was God's gift to the planet, and he would say that. And it says in this, in verse 3, they were deeply offended, deeply offended, and refused to believe in him. And Jesus told them, a prophet's honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. Why is that important? Because he's God. He could do miracles everywhere, but all of a sudden here, God is limited by something. He can't, he can't actually do anything in their lives simply because they don't believe because they got offended. That offense, that was just such a little thing. You know, oh, he's just, we, we already know this guy cause him to unbelieve and cause him to miss out. He says he could only place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. They missed out on God's gift to the planet, God's gift to them. We would, we would give an arm to live back then and be with Jesus physically if we could. I would, I think it would be incredible because he would just heal it and put it back on. But, you know, was, like it would be amazing if I could just be there with Jesus. They, they were there with him and they missed the moment. You know, would you ever, like they put a stumbling block in their way. That offense caused them not to be able to, to, to connect with Jesus on a real way. Would you ever put a stumbling block in your own way? You're in a race, and you're like, okay, you know, here, here we go. Let's, we're about to run. Let's just throw something in the way so that we trip and the other guy wins. Would we ever do that? Heck no, because we want to win the race. Would we throw something in someone else's path? Possibly. I have a confession video I'd like you to watch. It's from the car rally a little while ago. Let's do it together. Mark, Mark, Mark. 
I see a lot of head shaking, a lot. Why are you cheering? I won the race. Because, because we look at that and we're like, you know, that's not like one of the proudest moments. But, but it, it fits. You know, you're not cheering. You're like, what the heck? How is this guy allowed to be a pastor? See, being offended, that idea of the stumbling block, you can actually hinder God's work through your life. Hopefully it doesn't today after watching that video that you can still listen. But it's that idea of, of when you toss something else in someone else's way. Paul wrote to the, to the Roman believers. If you've been studying Romans with us, we would have gone through Romans 14 recently. And just talks about how Paul writes to the Jews and the Gentiles who are together in a church, but they don't get along. They're all upset at each other. It's like the Jewish people at the, at the thing, they're like, all oh, those Gentiles keep bringing pork and bacon to the, to the potlucks. And we're like, we don't, we're, we're, we're offended. And then the Gentiles are like, come on, Jesus set you free. You should be able to eat and drink whatever you want. Just get over it. And Paul's like, okay, we've got to write a letter. So he writes them and says, listen, you're both, you're both wrong. You both think the other one's wrong. He says, you're both wrong. Here's what he says in Romans 14, 12. Each of us is going to give a personal account to God. He's like, you're living for him, not for each other. But he says, in, in, because you're living for him, stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you'll not cause someone else, uh, cause another believer to stumble and fall. He's like, in the first thought, don't be easily offended. It affects God's working in you. And don't, you know, intentionally offend other people or throw stumbling blocks in their way because you're in the race together. Being offended, it hinders God's work in and through your life. It can also hinder your present and your future relationships. And here's where it matters here, because if you're not a Jesus follower, like, this, is, this isn't a Christian thing. It's a thing thing. It affects every person so easily at any time. Solomon wrote this nearly 3,000 years ago, but people have not changed much. Still true today. Proverbs 18, 19 says, an offended friend is harder to win than a fortified city. You know, once they're offended, man, it's, t- it's t- twice the work, maybe three times to get back to BFF mode. You know, arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Offenses cripple our relationships. Sometimes people wonder, you know, why they have a hard time making friends. Like, I don't know, man, I just can't seem to make... It could possibly be that, that people just don't want to walk on eggshells around you all the time. They're like, oh, if I say something, they're going to be offended. I just don't want, or, or, you, or maybe you're the other side, where you just always say things so offensive that they're just like, ah, I just don't know that I can spend any more than, you know, half an hour a week with these kind of people. I have to be careful. You know, offensive words affect our friendships. The other thing, though, is that they can leave that thing of offense and turn into this thing we call a grudge, where things just get held on to forever. Husbands and wives, you know, in a marriage counseling or whatever, just keeping record of the wrongs. It's like, you know, yeah, well, you said, you know, that your mom's cooking's better than mine. And that time where you said that dress made me look fat and whatever else. You're like, that was 10 years ago. Like, that was in our first year of marriage. You shouldn't be holding on to that. You know, maybe it's not a spouse. Maybe you're just, like, angry at your wife's sisters, like, all the time. It's like... You know, or you're, you're angry at his parents because, you know, they're always interfering. No nudging, no nudging. I can see from here. But, you know, we, we wonder sometimes those things that were said and what, what, why they hang on to them for so long. You, uh, you know, I read this story um, this week and I was like, man, this is just, it's, it's so crazy. I had to look it up a number of places to find out if it's even true. But uh, it, this guy named Thomas R. Haberbush they put his middle initial in there, so it's true. He's 72 years old. He pleaded guilty 
to stalking, criminal mischief, and criminal tampering, which are all misdemeanors. And you wonder why. Well, he'd been going around for the past couple of years painting people's garage doors and throwing nails onto their driveway to puncture the tires of their vehicles. And so they, they thought this was, must be some teenagers pranking until they started realizing that every one of these people that was having this happen to them was connected in a way. One was a principal. This guy was a principal at the same school later. This guy was a teacher at that school. This, this person worked at that school. And they finally thought, you know what, let's just, let's just survey the homes of anybody else who worked at that school and here they catch Thomas and they ask him what is the deal it's so bizarre you know why are you why are you doing this he's like well he's like when I used to work at that school he says those people they all gave me a bad performance review and I have not forgotten it this was 30 years later you're like man who holds that kind of grudge for 30 years we do we just aren't at 30 years yet See, sometimes we think, ah, it's just, it's only been a year, it's only been two years or whatever. How long will we hold on to something and allow that one little thing to cause more and more pain? I could say it this way, how much more will you sacrifice on the altar of offense and unforgiveness before you've lost more than you wanted to? How much will you sacrifice on the altar of unforgiveness and offense? Because it affects your relationships now and in the future. Being offended actually can affect your body. Physically, it's, it's crazy because it leads to roots of bitterness, jealousy, um, hurt feelings, resentment, and it literally eats you away from the inside. Our medical communities call it psychosomatic illnesses. It's where your brain affects your body. They said, too, the things of having a grudge and unforgiveness and, and anything connected to that, they said respiratory issues are up. You get stomach problems, you, you know, irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, ulcers, rashes, even arthritis. Things that are happening because your mind is so twisted up in this tiny little thing. Ain't nobody really want to live like that. But why do we? Why do we? Maybe you're here this morning like, ah, I don't know if I'm offended. I don't think I'm offended. How would I know if I'm offended? We're going to take an offensive test right now. So no uh, raising of hands, but just a thought. This morning, do you ever dwell on how another person has hurt you? Comes back and you think about it, even for a little bit? Might be offended. You know, you think of ways to get even. Like, oh, next time I see them, I'm going to tell them this. Or maybe you're just the opposite, the cold shoulder. I don't talk to them, and we don't talk about them. That name doesn't get mentioned around me. Or you hear that name. It doesn't even have to be that, that person, but the same name. It's like, oh, that feeling comes in. I was going to say mother-in-law, but it's just not true. <laughs> For me. <laughs> you're easily, I don't know, I just saw you smiling there. I just, sorry. You're... <laughs> You get easily annoyed with that person when you do have to be around them. It's just you can't take anymore. Or you bring up that incident that happened in conversation over and over, especially with them. You know, or you get angry when you think about that person or that incident. All of those things are signs that you may still be offended. And so this morning, I just wanted to encourage us and challenge us with this thought to become stumble proof. That those things no longer, that we're throwing stumbling blocks, uh, to become unoffendable. That's not a word, but I think it's great. To become unoffendable. What if we could be in a place where those kind of things didn't affect us anymore? Here's a few thoughts for you. You can write them down. I'll just encourage everyone to write them down so the people who are offended don't feel weird for writing things down at this point. But here's some ways to just become unoffendable. And really, really the thing is, it's for me, it's for everyone. Any one of us at any time can be uh, challenged or caught in this uh, so easily. Here's, here's a few thoughts. Don't judge other people's motives. It's one of the ways to stop uh, be, being offended is just don't judge their motives. They may say something to you, but I'd encourage you just to leave it at that. Deal with what was said or what was done, not why they did it. 
Because we don't even know our own hearts, let alone know why someone else said or did something. How often does that happen? I have to make stuff up because otherwise I'm actually going to say what some of you have told me and I don't want to do that. So, for instance, you know, you walk in and uh, the person says, oh, hey, your hair looks good today. Why did they say that? They never talk about my hair. Does it look bad all the other times? What do they think? They're a hairdresser? He doesn't even have that much hair. How does he dare talk about my hair when he does not even know what I've been through this week? You know, or maybe somebody after church comes and says, hey, uh, your child's on the stage. Like, what are they talking about my child being on the stage? What do they think they're a better parent than me? You know, like, who do they think they are? What, why would they even be say Other people, his kids have been on the stage before. Why would he even say something like that? And it's just simply to save, you know, the life of your child. But so often, and I mean, those are, those are things that probably never happen. But there's other ones, and you're just like, I know why they said that. I know why they did that. And you, and you don't. And all it does is add to the problem, and it delays reconciliation. So I encourage you, just don't judge the why. Second thought, don't take up someone else's offense. You're going to have enough of your own. But we do this. I was just reading about it in our study through Acts, uh, as we were reading in Acts 19. It talked about this guy named uh, Demetrius, who Paul went to this place called Ephesus. And as he's teaching about Jesus, people are like, yeah, we want to follow Jesus. We don't need to follow this Artemis um, idol anymore. And so Demetrius is a guy who was in the town making little silver idols and selling them. Well, all of a sudden, people are like, we don't need to buy those anymore. So Demetrius is like, man, my business is just getting turned down by this guy. And so he calls all the silversmiths together, a bunch of them, maybe a dozen. They get together and like, hey, we got to stop this guy. We got to stop this guy, Paul, because people are going to stop buying our idols. We're going to go out of business. And so they get all worked up. And they have a case. They're all worked up. And so the, the, the bunch of them say, all right, that's it. And they walk out and they start their own little protest their own little climate march for idols. And they're like, hey, you know, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And so other people see, oh, yeah, we think that too. Let's join in. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Pretty soon they got this whole massive crowd. They all march to the theater. They're like cheering and shouting and screaming. And, and it says this in, in Acts chapter 19. It says inside the people were all shouting, some one thing, some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. They're just like, we're just upset. Because someone else is upset, we're going to be upset too. We don't even know why. Well, the mayor shows up and says, guys, what are you guys doing? If you do this, the Romans are going to think we're rioting. You know what they do? They don't treat riots very well. They're going to come and start killing people. What if it's the guys who had, had no idea why they're even there? All of a sudden, like, yeah, we're here because we're upset because they're upset. And all of a sudden, boom, they're dead. What a price to pay for taking up someone else's offense. And yet we do it all the time. It's like, yeah, well, that person said that about my BFF. They must be a jerk. Or my boss, he's a jerk. I just know the way he treats, the way he does. And we just, we just jump on board with other people's offenses. Well, they hurt my friend, so I'm angry at them. They haven't done a thing to you. Instead of us saying, you know what, hey, God's going to give them grace to deal with it. That's what you should be telling your best friend. Listen, God will give you grace to deal with it. I'm not joining, you know, your side. I'm going to hear and encourage you for your good. Would you forgive them? Would you get over this? Because it's going to affect you. And I, I don't know if I always want to be around somebody who's always upset about everything. You know, Solomon warns in Proverbs 1 that when people come out and they're out for blood and they're angry, don't join them. He says, they're the ones who end up paying the biggest price and you will as well. Ever been angry with somebody until you, because your friend is and then you meet the other person and find out they're nothing like what you thought? I had this a couple weeks ago. One family's feuding with another family and, and they're just so upset. And I was like, okay, 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 I'll go talk to them. I go meet this other family and I'm like, are you guys really the right people that I'm supposed to be meeting? Because you're nothing like what I've been told. Nothing like it. 
I thought, man, this is, it's crazy when, when, it, when it happens. But it, it happens about family members. It happens about a pastor, a spouse. I don't believe everything everybody says. And if it's, if it's that thing, encourage them with this thought. Third thought about being unoffendable, forgive quickly, forgive often. Forgive quickly, forgive often. It's that idea of learning to love unconditionally. Treating people with love not based on the condition of what they've done to you. It's not easy. Some of you are like, oh, that just lets them off the hook. It actually does, and it lets you off the hook. It lets you off the hook so that you're not still carrying it around. I heard the story this uh, week of two monks who were walking along, and they come up to a river, and there's this woman sitting by the river because she's too small to cross. And so they said, well, we'll, give, we'll help you get across if you'd like. And so they put their arms together. She hopped on their arms, and they began walking across the river, put her down on the other side, and all was well. And as they were walking along after that, the one monk says to the other, oh, man, look, at, look how dirty I am because we had to carry that woman across the river. The other monk is just smiling, yeah, yeah, no problem. And they keep walking another mile, and the monk's like, oh, you know, my legs and my knees are really starting to hurt. I shouldn't have carried, you know, that woman across the river. And the other guy's like, yep, smiling, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Five miles later, finally the other monk's laying on the ground. My back hurts, I can't do it. It's all because of that dang woman we carried across the river. And the other monk smiles and says to him, I know, maybe I'll tell you from up here. He smiles at them and simply says, you know why I'm still smiling? He says, because five miles ago I dropped the woman off, but you've been carrying her for the last five miles still. And we do stuff like that with people. We carry it around and it's just, it's affecting us and we don't even know. And hopefully this morning, it's just that little shot to the heart that says, ah, do I really want to keep living like this? The last, you know, (laughs) I was chatting with some people this week about being experts at stuff. It's like, how many of you have ever wished you could have been an expert or could be an expert at something? Come on now. I just, you know, yeah, I'd want, to, I'd want to be an expert at something. Well, here's one that I would challenge each one of you. Why don't you become an expert forgiver? Why don't you become an expert at forgiveness? Where it's just one of those things, you're like, you know what? I'm just not going to allow those things to stay there. I'm, I'm going to forgive quickly. And, and here's, here's why. It's giving up our right to be offended. We live in a country where we've got rights, certain rights. We've got a right to freedom of religion, freedom of belief, freedom of expression. We've got a right to vote. And I hope you take that right seriously over the next couple of days uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Wrote that in there so that I do. But take that right seriously. You know, the right to enter Canada, leave Canada, you have that right. You've got a right to your opinion. You have a right to freedom of speech. Sometimes you have a right to remain silent. And you have a right to an attorney if necessary. We have rights, but sometimes people take their rights and they actually turn them into wrongs. Reading the news this week of a guy who, has, uh, who figured out how to use his tenant rights to just not pay rent. So he's found a way to live in eight different homes. Uh, he's from out east. Don't blame the out easters, but welcome. Um, he's, he's like the, he found ways to, now he owes thousands of dollars to all these landlords because he fa- figured out how to use his rights to do something wrong. You know, it's similar with the, the you know, the, the customer is always right. Man, how many people use that to just do something wrong, become monsters in the mall, simply because they think they're always right. Um, But sometimes people use this, they think they have the right to be offended because of what was said or done. And maybe you say, well, you don't know what was said to me. You don't know what was done to me. How are you to say that I I don't have a right to be offended? And And you're right, I don't know, but it's not what I say that matters. This morning, if you're a Jesus follower, there's something in this for you. If you're not a Jesus follower, you may, sure, you could be upset as long as you want to be, but it's costing you. 
But as a Jesus follower, he doesn't really give us that option because here's what he says. Sermon on the Mount, most famous message that Jesus ever taught. And I just want to close with these thoughts. His words, Matthew 5, verse 38. He says, you've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. That's law. That's what should happen. You know, it's uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I'm saying, don't resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the cheek, that's pretty offensive. He says, just offer the other cheek as well. It just isn't worth it. Matthew 5, 43, he says, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Yeah, that makes sense. That's easy. But he says, but I'm telling you, love your enemies. That person who's done you wrong, love them, do good to them, he says. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. As a Jesus follower, he's saying, don't, don't even allow the little bit of offense to remain there. It, might, it says something about them. They're the enemies. They're the ones who are doing wrong. They're the ones who are persecuting. Let that be their description. But let yours be, I'm a true child of my father. He's a forgiver, so I will be as well. And here's the big kicker. A little bit later, Matthew 6, 14, he says, if you forgive those, if, if you forgive those, if, if you don't take offense to those who've sinned against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Man, that's a heavy one. He's saying, you know what, it isn't worth it. To hold on to, if anyone could have been offended, if anyone could have held on to offense, it would have been Jesus. He's wrongfully accused. He's lied about. He's berated. He's beaten. He's betrayed. He's crucified, mistreated. You know, but he lived out the words that he had said. He prayed for his enemies on that cross that day. He hung up there looking down at them, the ones who had put him there. What's his prayer? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I often think about that and think that just does not make any sense. Jesus, the Romans knew what they were doing. They knew that nails hurt. Judas knew that betrayal hurts. Peter knew that abandonment hurts. They all knew what they were doing. He says, that's not the point. Father, forgive them. They don't fully understand what they're doing. And that was his prayer. And he challenges us. You know, the challenge isn't forgive people because they deserve forgiveness. Don't be offended because they're not offensive. That's not the thing. He's simply saying, you've been forgiven. So now you have the opportunity and ability to forgive others. And he says this, you're in a race. What you do matters in this life. It matters and you have just one chance. In a race, would you throw stumbling blocks in your own path? You wouldn't do it. And he says, so don't allow that to be what happens to you as you run out your race spiritually. It's much easier to love when you're not easily offended. Last verse today, Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, because of all of what we said, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let's strip off the weights that slow us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. All those things that just cause us to stumble, those little offenses that cause us to stumble. He says, let's run with endurance the race that God set out before us. You know, in Jesus' hometown, people missed out on the greatest gift simply because they were offended. And this morning, that's my challenge to you. Some of you here, you know, maybe... (laughs) You've kind of given up on God, you've given up on church because you've been offended by something that was said in a church to you or something a Christian said to you. You're like, man, they're just hypocrites and whatever else. Can I, can I just simply challenge you with this thought? Please don't miss out on what Jesus did for you personally simply because one of his followers said or did something that maybe was offensive to you. Imperfect people following Christ. So many people think, oh, Christians should be better than others. We're not. It's why we need a Savior. And it's why we have no right to condemn any other person, but we simply ask you to come put your faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because every one of us finds ourselves in the same spot. 
those sins that we just talked about that trip us up, they're, they're bigger than that. You know, every one of us has them. It's things we knew were right and we didn't do them. Things we knew were wrong and we did them anyway. We're going to have to give an account of that someday. Man, my, my debt load was so high. There's, it says it just separates us from God. We find ourselves in this place where we can't really help ourselves. We can't undo it or do, do more good things to get out of it. We just can't. We can't. And that's why God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever put their trust in him instead, not try and get out on their own, but Jesus, I know I can't pay for my sins. Would you forgive me? I put my trust in you. He says, they'll, they'll receive the gift of eternal life. Man, it's amazing. It's mercy that says, that, that's why the gospel's even offensive. It's saying the people who committed crimes are going to get mercy and not have to pay for them. And the ones who don't deserve all the great things in this life and in eternity, he's just going to give to them. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's true. And my prayer is that it be true for you. Don't miss out simply because of offense. And for those of you who are Jesus followers, that question for, for, for me and for you is this. How much are we going to sacrifice on the altar of unforgiveness, on the altar of offense, before we realize that we've paid more than we wanted to pay? It's giving you the chance today to simply walk that out and become unoffendable, to become stumble-proof. Knowing we've been forgiven and offering forgiveness. I'll leave that with you. See what he does in your life with it this week. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. How powerful they are. How relevant they are. <laughs> oh man, they mean so much in our lives each and every day. Lord, for those who are struggling with this now, would you give them the next steps as they walk out life with you this week? God, where you've spoken to hearts today, thank you that it's not just for this moment, but for uh, tomorrow and the next day. Lord, and for those of us who are walking through life, and maybe we don't sense it right now, but the next opportunity that we have to be offended, to, to, to just grab onto something that takes us away, causes us to stumble, draws us away even from you. Lord, would you just trigger that in us? Would you remind us of this moment? Would you remind us of the forgiveness we've been shown? Thank you for that, Heavenly Father. Just go out and to celebrate this beautiful day in your name, bring you glory through the way we live our lives for you and with you. Thank you for the kids in this place. Lord, pray blessings over them today as they uh, just bring incredible joy to those around them. Thank you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen.